Hi everyone, I'm Madeline Park, stylist and vintage fashion hound. I believe everything has a story, whether it be clothes or the people that wear them. Currently our stories may be warped by a world pandemic, but I want to focus on what we can control. So this is Style at Home, a bonus mini-series following season one of Style Stories. I sit in my closet with older new peers and discover how they dress in isolation. Together we address their style at home. Today I'm chatting with Neil Whitaker, interior design connoisseur, well known as the debonair host of Australia's most popular home television programs, The Block and Love It or List It. Also former editor for Vogue Living and Bell magazines, there is a certain air to Neil that demands respect. But beyond his elevated style and tasteful presence, it's his charm and compassion that is so engaging. We talk about meditations, renovations and other permutations, but we also discuss kindness and how it's Neil's style to bring that home. Neil, the way I wanted to start this interview um, was just to say thank you. Uh, when I first started working in magazines, uh, I worked for ACP and I was working for Lisa Sinclair at NW. And you would have been the editor at Bell. And um, we often shared a lift together. And although we'd never been formally introduced, you always... Uh, would say hello, acknowledge me and uh, and give me a smile. And uh, I'm sure you can appreciate that those hallways could be a bit intimidating at times. <laughs> so your kindness was, though they were little gestures, they were never lost on me. So thank you for that. I just wanted to say that. It's funny how many people I speak to these days that say the same thing. That they yeah the lips at ACP um, or the lips at Bauer. Um, yeah, I mean, people that obviously didn't used to sort of introduce themselves or say hello, but, but remember me saying hello to them. So it's kind of nice. It's kind of nice. Yeah. Well, and um, well, I think it's it's that thing that when you're when you're starting out, it is all a bit uh, overwhelming and especially in a magazine environment as it was, you know, 10 years ago. Um, so I, I, I know that in my career, even people have now said that back to me and, um, and I, for you, it's probably as for me, a very natural thing to just be polite and, and say hello, but it does mean a lot when you, you, you're a bit insecure about where you're sitting at that point in time. So, um, anyway, I, I know that, uh, being kind is really important to you and I know in a, another interview you've said that more than your illustrious media career you'd like to be remembered for being kind uh, and I guess in these current times kindness is needed more than ever so I just wanted to ask how how you're manifesting that right now uh, <laughs> that's a that's a very good question actually um, I think I'm trying to be kind to myself at the moment. Um, I'm sure there's lots of people out there saying the same thing. Um, you know, there's, there's no doubt that we are going through very stressful and anxious times at the moment, the like of which uh, we've never seen before. No one's experienced anything like this before. It doesn't matter how old you are. Um, there's no one on the planet that's experienced anything quite like what's happening at the moment. 
Um, and I think it's very easy to sort of spiral uh, downwards, you know, and, and disappear down a rabbit hole of despair. So I'm trying to be to be kind to myself, not to uh, not to get too uh, anxious and emotional and stressed. It's not always easy because mm. uh, I do that sometimes. Um, but I have to keep reminding myself that this is a temporary situation that we're going through. Um, that I'm incredibly fortunate for the opportunities um, that have come my way. Uh, I mean, like everyone, um, my work has come to a halt at the moment. I can't, I can't film at the moment. Yeah. Uh, hopefully, hopefully, when when the virus is behind us and we come out the other side, you know, I will still have a job to go to. You know, there's, there's yeah. Far, far, far less fortunate than me. Um, so I, I feel very lucky, and I do have to keep reminding myself of that, and and just not pushing myself too hard. Because mm. if you're not kind to yourself, then it's very hard to be kind to other people. Um, you know, you've got to start with yourself. Um, treat yourself with kindness and respect, and then I think that can really flow on to the way you treat other people. Absolutely. So in terms of just managing that anxiety, I know you, you've you practiced Buddhism in the past. Is that correct? Are you returning to any of those principles or? You know what? It's really funny you should ask that. Uh, I mean, I used to practice Buddhism a very, very long time ago. I mean, we're literally talking battle in the 1980s. I was very young. Um, and I haven't practiced Buddhism for a long, long time, decades. Um, but, you know, it doesn't matter whether you're practicing or not. Some of the, the the teachings that you learned or took on board back in the past, you know, they stay with you for a lifetime. They're always there in the back of your mind. Um, and it did actually occur to me just a couple of weeks ago uh, when I was at home one morning um, that it would be good to start meditating again. And I and I brought out a yoga mat. And yep. Deck uh, with one of my dogs um, by my side. One of the dogs who is sick at the moment. Long story short, I started meditating and I started sort of um, breathing and, and doing everything. It's all coming back to me, and I thought, "This is beautiful. This is lovely. I should do this more often." And then I started barking because he needed attention. <laughs> <laughs> the moment was broken, and I haven't returned to it again. Yeah. So, something. I'm, I'm not going to start practicing Buddhism again. I don't think, but um, getting back maybe into one of the meditational practices would be a good thing yeah so in terms of you you obviously said a lot of your work is halted at the moment um what what are you occupying your time with in isolation well i am I mean, i've always got some projects bubbling away um the bulk of my work obviously is is around making television um i do the block once a week you know for channel nine at this time of year normally yeah. Um, but during the week, I film a show for Foxtel called Love It or List It Australia, um, and we film that all over the country. So normally, um, at this time of year, I would be sort of in Brisbane one day, Melbourne the next, Sydney the next, busily shooting. And that, of course, that's all come to a grinding halt for the foreseeable future. Um, but I still work very closely with um, King Living and with Luxiflex. They're, they're my, my clients. I'm their brand ambassador. And we still have a lot of work that we're, we're doing together at the moment. Um, I'm also working on, on a big uh, project that I can't 
talk too much about at the moment um, for a, a major charity. Um, right. More um, visible, shall we say, later in the year. So extending those acts of kindness then. Yes. <laughs> and sorry to interrupt you. Are, you're, are you also, have you finished renovating your property um, in the South Coast or is that something that is being picked up during this kind of, I guess, quiet time? No wish it was completed. No, the, the the property down south is a is a lovely work in progress. It's a, it's a beautiful old property. Um, it is it is mostly renovated now. Uh, we've worked very hard over the last eighteen months, um, but we still have uh, the master bedroom, master bedroom and ensuite have to be done, and um, the main bathroom has to be done. Uh, the things that are still remaining in the house and then once we get sort of outside the house because we've got a two and a half acres of, of land um there's a lot of work to be done in, in the gardens and the paddock and outbuildings so it, it is a work in progress but it's a lovely work in progress yeah and uh and you i know that david your partner um is an ex-chef, is he still doing the bulk of the cooking or is that something you're jumping into now that you're at home a lot and not travelling? Madeline, he doesn't do the bulk of the cooking. <laughs> I'm using your words from a previous interview, I'm sure. <laughs> he does all the cooking simply because he loves, to, I mean, not only is he brilliant at it, but he loves doing it. Yeah. Uh, and David and I have been together a very long time, um, 17 years. And I think we we reached an agreement many 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 years ago that the kitchen was was his domain, um, and that's just the way it is, you know. Yeah, fair enough. And a beautiful kitchen it is. Beautiful kitchen it is. But uh, no, David. David is very much the cook. I'm very good at going and doing shopping. I'll get in the car and go down to the IGA and I'll go to the market and do all that. Um, and I'll gladly wash up and stack the dishwasher and everything. But the cooking, no, that's his domain. Are you sous chef, like the, the, or are you just completely out of the kitchen? I have tried to be sous chef in the past. <laughs> it doesn't. It doesn't end well. I'm not very good at being a sous chef. No, I, I, I'm the cook in our house, um, and my husband is always trying to suggest that we cook together because it will be a lovely family experience. Um, but then I, as he says, I just go Gordon Ramsay in the kitchen. So he just gets out. It's just, it's just safer for everybody. Yeah. And I said, you and, you and David together, you both have Gordon Ramsay tendencies by the sound. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you've described uh, parts of your renovation as classic, contemporary and a bit country. Is that correct? That's absolutely right. Um, I mean, it's a very traditional, um, country style property um, i mean if, if you follow me on instagram you will have seen images of it over, over the last year or so um you know it, it is I, I think it's a very typical property for that part of country new south wales uh single story you know wide veranda it's a very traditional looking property but we didn't want to be too traditional inside i mean we wanted the, the inside to to feel contemporary to be a contemporary version of a country style property and, and that's what i think it is i think we've, we've achieved that pretty well um with marriage that's marriage we've managed to marry 
um, sort of classic country style design with, with modern design, and opened up the interior, uh, made it feel much more open plan. Um, yeah, and, and I think it's worked, worked pretty well. In terms of your, you know, description of classic contemporary in a big country, um, would you also apply these principles to your personal style in terms of how you dress? I probably would actually. I never thought of it in those terms, but classic, contemporary, and a little bit of country. I guess that does that does work. Uh, yeah. Look, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm at that stage in life where because I'm in my fifties, um, you get to that stage in life where I think you kind of know what suits you. Um, mm. I've loved fashion all my life. I started my career in the fashion industry back in the UK many many years ago. Um, and I've always loved clothes, I've always loved fashion. There have been times in my life when I've had a wardrobe absolutely full of clothes, you know? Yeah. And I've sort of pared back and pared back over, over recent years. Um, and also, I guess, work, working in television has made a bit of a difference too, because I, I, I've had to sort of land on a, on a style that is kind of, how can I say it, identifiable, recognisable. Yes. Camera, um, and you know, I've, I've landed in this, this this place that I suppose is 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 a bit English and a bit preppy American, uh, somewhere between the two. You know, I, I tend to wear a uniform these days of um, jeans with polo shirts and tailored jackets, um, and I've always loved shoes, and shoes have always been my big thing. But these either. Classic English brogue or an RM Williams boot or um, a white runner. <laughs> As I mentioned before, you you are always very dapper and very you epitomise um, smart casual very well. <laughs> um, is anything changing while you're in isolation? Like, are you mixing anything up, or is is that staying consistent while while you're less visible to the public world? You know, I, I could sit here and pretend, Madeline, that I'm speaking to you in black tie. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, look, of course, I, I've, I've relaxed a bit because uh, you know I'm, I'm not filming at the moment. I'm not doing meetings, uh, you know, the old Zoom meeting, but that, that's about it. Um, I do make my little videos that I post on Instagram, but as you can see, I'm looking pretty sort of woolly and ragged at the moment. <laughs> As, as woolly and ragged as you get, Neil. Maybe to me. I mean, in other words, I've grown a beard. You can always tell, actually, the first thing, when I'm not filming, the first thing I always do is grow a beard. So if you ever see me with a beard, you'll know that I'm not filming anything at that time. Right. I try and make an effort. I mean, there have been lots of times in my life when I've worked freelance, worked from home over, over the years, and I guess in the past I've done everything from uh, that, that thing of, you know, dressing to go to the home office as, as you would to go to the office, which didn't ever really work for me that well. Um, but I've also done the sort of thing of sitting there in a, in a grubby old t-shirt and a pair of boxer shorts and a pair of ugly boots. That doesn't work well either. Um, yeah. The medium in between, where you still feel sort of, you know, you've still got your self-respect, you know, you still feel that you could look somebody in the eye. Yeah. Uh, same time, you know, you're at home. You're, you're relaxed. So I think it's just finding those, those favourite pair of old jeans or favourite pair of shorts or tracky dacks and, and a polo shirt. That's, that, 
you feel good about yourself. You're an advocate for filling your home uh, with personal items and making your home a home. Mm -hmm. uh, so whether it be art or, or books um, or, or trinkets, memories from travels, do you apply this to how you get dressed, even if it's not visible to the public eye? Um, oh gosh, Madeline, in, in, in what respect? You mean, do, do I have sort of clothing that is significant to me um, in some way? Um, I'm, I'm not sure that I understand. Um, okay, I, I'll give you an example. On your IGTV, I see that you wear little, um, you know, thread bands on your wrist. Oh, I mean, yes. Uh, look, no, I, I don't. I mean, I, yeah, I do have a couple of bracelets that I wear. Um, I, I'm very pared back. I'm, I'm very simple. I, I don't... Um, look, I mean, I suppose stylistically you could say that there are certain similarities between my views on how the home should be styled and how I dress myself. Um, but, you know, it, it doesn't sort of necessarily follow that everything I wear has some kind of significance no it's not the same I, I tend to dress I tend, it sounds terrible but I tend to dress a lot these days for convenience um, you know that I, I like to sort of look as smart as I can in the shortest possible time yeah. <laughs> and I do have a, a good stand but I mean you'll, you'll notice that I rarely wear anything other than navy black or neutrals I don't I don't wear colors yeah. um, and my wardrobe really consists of, you know, a dozen or so jackets that all, to, to someone else, probably all look remarkably similar. Yeah. Um, I notice the subtle differences between them all. Um, yeah. And sort of polo shirts and T-shirts and, and jeans. Um, it's, all, it's all very simple and very much to hand. Um, I, I don't put nearly as much thought into what I wear these days as I used to. Believe me, I used to think a lot about what I wore. Um, you know, I would start planning the next day's outfit the night before. Yeah. But those, those days are gone. <laughs> uh, we have a mutual friend, Joshua Beggs. Yes. Yes. Um, and I, I have interviewed him about his sense of style. We used to work together a long time yeah. ago. Um, and he is very much of the same spirit as you. <laughs> I think. Yeah. And, and, I, and I think Josh and I have a very similar style too. I mean, I remember when I worked alongside Josh, when I was at News Limited, um, I was editing Vogue Living and Josh, of course, was the creative director on GQ. Um, and we used to sit just a few desks away from each other. And we would often walk into the office in the morning looking, I, I think, very <laughs> He might, he might differ. His opinion might be different, but I used to think we looked very similar. We would both sort of favour navy jackets. We would both yeah. favour polo shirts, t-shirts, um, and and white sneakers. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely your, your trademark uniforms. Yeah, um, we both wear glasses these days, and we both share a love of dogs. So, um, yes. even though we don't know that we don't know each other that well, um, I think we we do have a lot of similarities. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so my last question for you, Neil, is in these, in this mini series, I've typically been asking people for, um, tips, uh, fashion tips for those people working from home just mm -hmm. to give them a boost. But given your specialism and expertise in, um, interior design, I'm going to ask you that question, but in terms of styling the home is there anything that people can do right now that's just to give them a boost while we're in this difficult time 
in terms of styling their home. Yeah. Oh, look, everyone's reacting in different ways um, to, to, to that at the moment. I mean, I think people are still very keen you know, people are very house proud. Australians are, are much more into their homes than they've ever been before, which is a wonderful thing. I think at the moment, it's probably not realistic for people to be going out and, and buying a lot of furniture. Although, having said that, there are some wonderful bargains around. Um, there, there really are. So if, if, if you do need new furniture items, now is probably a very good time to buy. You don't have to go to the showroom. You can buy straight on online and have delivered straight to your door. Um, but I think more of us in the current climate being a little bit anxious about money and, and finances and, and, and the future generally are probably taking comfort in the smaller accessories, just as we did a decade ago during the financial crisis. You know, we saw a massive boom in sales of uh, cushions and, and rugs and home accessories. Um, and I think that's, that's starting to happen again too. I think now is a perfect time to be looking before you rush out and buy anything new i always say to people look at what you've got look at what you've got because my my guess is that you can make a big impact on your home just by moving things around you know yeah, yeah. Um, I, don't, I don't want to go all sort of marie kondo on you but i mean you can <laughs> also achieve an awful lot by having a damn good tidy up and a yeah. deep butter and now that so many of us are spending much more time at home i guess uh, it's it's the time to do that um, it, and it can have an incredibly sort of cleansing effect on your soul and your spirit mm. if you get rid of so much clutter. Um, and just try moving the furniture around, putting yeah. things in different places, you know, move that chair to the other side of the room, move the sofa into the middle of the room and, and away from the wall. You know, play around with what you've got and you'll be amazed at how you can alter the look and feel of a room. Um, particularly now where we're spending a lot of time in those rooms and we're, exactly. probably, we're probably sick of the sight of, of everything that we've got. Um, yeah. You know, I'm not, I'm not suggesting people shouldn't rush out and buy themselves something new to cheer themselves up. I think it's incredibly important to do that. But before they do go out and spend vast sums of money, you know, do look at what you've got and how easily you can change the mood and, and feel of, of your room by just moving stuff around. Okay. Well, that, that is some great advice, Neil. Um, and uh, I, I'm, I'm sure I'm going to give it a, a little whirl. But um, I think uh, maybe some nice new candlesticks or like, oh, sure. nice pair of earrings or something like that. <laughs> what was it they said um, in the financial, global financial crisis 10 years ago? Was it lipstick sales went through the roof? Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, I used to, I was working, when the GFC was happening, I was working for a fashion retailer in, um, in New York. So we were, we were at the front line of it all. And uh, the things that, that this company has been around for, for 40 years. And so they've kind of weathered the storm of various like economic downturns. Yeah. And the things that always sell um, during that time are sequins yeah. and, and staples. So you know, the, the staple pair of pants and t-shirts, um, the paper well, still- you meant staple that you put in the staple gun. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> that? A sign of desperation. Wardrobe staples, wardrobe staples, yeah. Yes, wardrobe See, staples. <laughs> so, 
But it's, yeah, so it's interesting you mentioned candles because I forgot to mention that myself and you're so right. I mean, there has never been a better time to go out and buy a few beautiful candles. We do it all the time. I mean, and there are such amazing choices on the market now. Um, and you can absolutely change the mood of your room with just a beautiful scented candle. Um, and, and it feels like a little treat. I mean, we have a local shop in Berry. Uh, where we love to buy they're just the regular wax candles that we put in our own candlesticks and just sort of changing around the colors you know because they do beautiful shades of cream and gray and ivory and white and just mixing around those um, has, has a wonderful effect you know just little little things little things yeah, it also means you can um, replicate uh, a restaurant at home doesn't it it's a, it's a nice way to have date night at home yeah, it does. It does. I mean, you know, I think I think we're all doing an amazing job at adjusting to the circumstances that we're finding ourselves in. You know, I love the fact that people are having, you know, dinner parties over Zoom or just having Friday night drinks over Zoom. It's yeah. fun. It's fun. And it means that we haven't lost our sense of humour and we haven't lost our ability to love life. And yeah. you know, I absolutely applaud it. And I think it's the same with, with the clothes that you put on when you get out of bed in the morning, even if you're only going as far as the bed, you know, as the corner of the bedroom. I mean, I think it's about self-respect. It's about feeling good. Um, you know, the chances are that if you sit down at the desk just wearing your odd boots and, and your jocks <laughs> and you don't even bother to have a shower, you're going to get halfway through the day and not feel good about yourself. Yeah. It's much better to get up in the morning, have a shower, do everything that you would normally do to go to the office. And even if you just end up putting on a clean, a fresh T-shirt and a fresh pair of, of joggers or, or tracky dacks or something, just, you know, feel good when you're sat there behind that laptop. Yeah. And just it's remember that you never know who's going to Zoom you. No, well, that's it. I, and I, I, even though I did put on makeup for our meeting today, um, <laughs> <laughs> By the time I've worked through the stress of the technology issues, <laughs> I didn't feel presentable enough to, to, to leave the video on, to be fair, Neil. <laughs> I must admit, when you said we were going to conduct this interview by Zoom, I did go and put on a fresh Ralph Lauren polo. <laughs> well, thank you. <laughs> Just in case, and then you told me that we were going to do it without video, but I've kept it on anyway. So that was your honour, Madeline. <laughs> thank you very much. I appreciate that respect. All right, Neil, thank you so much. Um, I wish this could have been in person and it was a little bit more smooth sailing, but uh, I have loved talking to you, so I really appreciate your time. I've loved talking to you too, and look, I'm sure that at some stage we can do it all again in person, down the track. Okay. I look forward to that. For the time being, this has been lovely. Thanks for having me. Thank you, Neil. All right. If you enjoyed listening to this episode, please go ahead to Apple Podcasts and leave me a rating or a review on why my podcast is your style.